Welcome to the Frameworks and Finance Podcast. I am your host, Curtis Haney. Each week we talk about frameworks and finance concepts for your life and work. Let's learn together today. Welcome to this episode of Frameworks and Finance. Thank you so much for listening today. Today we're going to talk about a financial concept and Today, we're actually going to go through and talk about 24 financial concepts everyone should know. We're going to focus on the personal finance side. But for those who are interested, I released a thread this week about the business side of personal finance as well. So I will link that in the show notes. Would love to have you go read that. So we're going to break down these 24 different concepts and we're going to talk briefly about them because there's 24. I'm not going to be able to give you everything about every single one of these concepts today, but my hope is, is that it will get you thinking. And if there's anything that you don't know or anything you have questions about, feel free to reach out, feel free to do your own research. And with that said, we will jump right in. The number one personal finance concept that we want to talk about is everyone needs to know what a budget is. I hold that everyone should have a budget no matter where you're at, what you're doing, but I'm not a stickler for how that budget should look. Everyone's going to have a different budget in the way it looks. Budget is really tracking your income and expenses, what's coming in and what's going out making sure that you're not overspending and that you're staying within the guidelines that you need and set for yourself. So income and expense are numbers uh, two and three. And then with, within that, we're going to break down our expenses into fixed recurring uh, savings, investing, all of these different categories. And when we do this, we want to save enough money for concept number three, which is the emergency fund. And the emergency fund is keeping three to six months of money held back to make sure that if you lose your job, if something goes wrong, that you have the cash reserve. There's a lot of talk of people putting emergency funds into investing vehicles of you know the stock market of crypto of all these higher risk investments because they're worried about what is going to happen with their money because they're not getting any return on the money that's sitting in a zero interest or 1% interest and the argument would be then that well inflation is really, really high. I need my money to make something. But as we've seen, the stock market has crashed. The The vehicles that people were putting those in have gone down significantly. So if you had three to six months in the stock market and now it's gone in half because you were in some risky investments, you've now got one and a half to three months of emergency fund. And so now you're going to have to in a time when the market's already going down, people are already struggling, you're going to have to find a way to start replenishing that emergency fund. For me, that doesn't seem like a good, like a smart move. 
Now, if you want to go over six months and you want to do more, you want to do six to 12, you know, then I can see doing those longer term ones in the stock market. But the reality is, is if we're in a situation like we're in today, you need to be able to figure out how to not use that because you're taking a big hit if you're going and pulling that down right now. Number four, we need to understand health insurance and all the concepts behind that. Too many people get insurance from their work. They pay nothing or pay very little, and they don't realize a lot of things about it. They don't realize what the actual premium is. They don't realize how much it's being subsidized. You can ask this of your employer. It's interesting and good to know. Some will even share this when they give you your fringe benefits. They will share how much it's actually costing. Then we need to know our deductible, out-of-pocket max, and what is covered. Obviously, you're not going to know all the details of what's covered, but we need to have an overarching view of when we go to the doctor, how much does it cost? When we go to emergency room, how much does it cost? The things that you're most likely to use, we want to know what it's going to cost on your plan because we need to plan for those expenses. Sure, they can often come out of your emergency fund, but if you're going to go to the doctor and a doctor's visit's going to cost you because you're on an HSA and you're not on one of those plans that you get free doctor's visits, then you probably should set aside some money because you're going to have a few every year. We're not going to go deep into those concepts because those are complex, but deductible, out-of-pocket max, and your premium. It's also good to know whether you, what network you're in, uh, whether it's an HSA or a PPO, what type of plan you're in, because that's going to determine your out-of-pocket expense a lot of times and who pays first. Concept number five, we want to talk about some concepts related to banking. We want to know what a checking account is, what type of account we hold, what type of bank we're at. Are we at a normal bank? Are we at a credit union? Uh, what type of institution and what services do they offer? We want to know what an ATM is. We want to know how to withdraw that cash. We want to know what our savings rate is. So we want to look and see, going back up to our budget, how much we're saving per month, how much we're investing per month. These numbers are really important because it's going to give you that safety net, that comfort to be able to make decisions quickly with your finances. If you're someone who has debt, which a lot of people out there do, we're not going to talk negatively about that, but we want to try and get out of debt. So we want to understand what our credit score is. That's going to determine the interest rates we can get. There's simple interest and compound interest. Mostly we're going to be talking about compound interest because interest is building on the balance. So if you don't pay a credit card off, you're going to continue adding more to that balance and that interest is going to create more and it's going to cost significantly more. The same way compound interest can work for you and we talk about the stock market later, we'll talk about that a little bit. Going back to credit scores, we want to understand where our range is in comparison to other people. If we're over 700, 750, we're having a decent credit score. It will allow us to get the lowest rates. We want to understand if we have debt, what the payoff dates 
of those debts are. So if we continue paying off at the rate that we're paying now, what's that going to look like? Because you can choose to pay more or less based off those payoff dates. And so if you want to speed up your payoff, it tells you how far in the future you have to look before you have the freedom from those debts. We want to know that for credit card debt. We want to know that for car loans. We want to know that for our house. All of those things, it's helpful to know to get a good financial picture. On our credit, we also want to know our APR. We want to know our annual percentage interest rate. We want to know what late fees there are. We want to know all of these details about our accounts because those are going to help us make the right decisions that we get in a pinch. We can make the decision of what to pay, what not to pay. We're at number 13 here. And so I kind of put this in the middle, but it's a very, very important one. It's maybe the most important thing I'm going to talk about. And we talked about it in a recent episode. It's knowing your net worth. And net worth is just assets minus liabilities. So it's the cash, the other assets that you have as an individual, minus the loans that you have, the money that you owe. And so you'll take your cash, you'll take your house, value of your house, you'll take your accounts as far as investment accounts and all these other accounts and subtract out your liabilities and get your net worth. And we want to see that net worth going up over time. Concept number 14 is we want to talk about liquidity. We want to know of the money that you have, how accessible is it? I have this split out in my net worth spreadsheet of the ones that are immediately accessible, the ones that are held in retirement accounts. And we want to understand how quickly we can get to cash when we're in a cash crunch. But also, if we know we're extremely liquid, it can give us options outside of that to make investments elsewhere, to make different decisions. Because it may not be that you're in a cash crunch, but it may be that you don't like your job and you want to know how much cash do you have available if you had to quit for whatever reason. Again, we want our emergency fund to be in those most liquid accounts. Next, we're going to talk about inflation. Everyone should know what inflation is. And inflation is talking about the price of goods and services and that over time they will go up. This just happens. But historically, inflation is at 3% or less. And in the last 10 to 15 years, it's been significantly lower than that and probably at historic lows for the most part. But over the last six months to year, really since COVID, we've seen inflation rise and we're at some of the highest inflation rates we've been at in a very, very long time. So understanding the concept of inflation helps you know and make better buying decisions today. If you have a salary that you're getting paid and inflation is 8% and your salary goes up three, that's something to know and understand. We want to make sure that our salary, that our income is keeping up with the rate of inflation. Now, the overarching rate of inflation is just tells us quite a bit, but it's not going to tell us about your specific circumstance, but it can be very, very helpful as a quick glance to understand 
what inflation looks like. Number 16, we want to know what an IRA is. And an IRA is an individual retirement account. And this is an investment account of where your money goes when you're trying to invest for the future. These are often available through your workplace, but they're also available on your own where you can invest in stocks and other assets to prepare for 60 to 65 plus. You also want to know what a Roth IRA is. And the the IRA goes in pre-tax, the Roth IRA goes in post-tax. So understanding your tax rates is really, really important to knowing, should I be contributing to an IRA or should I be contributing to a Roth IRA? All very, very important concepts. And I didn't add it to this list, but honestly, you should know what your tax rate is. You should understand the tax structure a little bit. I know it's easy for me to say because I'm an accounting guy, but the reality is taxes are important and taxes have a significant impact on your budget. So now that we're talking about the stock market, we want to understand what the stock market is. We want to understand what that word means. When you say stock market, just pause real quick. What do you think of? I bet for most of you, it's still a little bit of an abstract concept. So let's break it down real quickly. The stock market is going to be where people come together to buy and sell stocks or shares of stocks in companies. So you're claiming ownership, you're claiming a piece of that company. This is done for companies that are public, that are posted on the stock exchange, and you have different aggregates, be the S&P 500, NASDAQ, Dow. These have different rules where they're aggregating all of those companies into one number. So when you see the stock market went up or went down, we're talking about an aggregate that is being chosen by someone and all have different sets of rules. We're not going to go into that right now. Honestly, it could be an interesting episode at some point. So maybe I'll put that on my roadmap. Next, we want to talk about when we understand the stock market, they talk about bear and bull markets. And so the question is, what is a bear market? What is a bull market? And the bull market is a market that is increasing. Good things are happening. The price of the shares are going up. And it means that the economy is generally in a good state. The U.S. had been in a long bull market before this recent downturn. And so we experience good times. It creates a sense of hope, a sense of excitement. Uh, People spend more in the bull market because they feel more comfortable about the future. Whereas the bear market is the exact opposite. It's when the stock market is declining, shares decreasing, companies are shrinking, the economy may be shrinking as well. And then that tends to result in a rise of unemployment. And that's where it's important that you have your emergency fund, that you have your budget under control. Because if we're in a bear market and you don't, that can be a very, very scary time. The the important thing with this is we want to understand that the stock market is volatile. We want to understand the volatility. So 
Sure, a bear market is not good, but a bear market provides opportunities for the people that are set up for it. So we want to talk about risk tolerance and volatility. Risk tolerance is that roller coaster of going bear to bull, bear to bull. And you want to understand how much of that downturn can you handle. It's a lot of an emotional thing, but it's also a time horizon thing. If you have a shorter amount of time, your risk tolerance needs to be lower. If you have a longer amount of time, your risk tolerance needs to be higher. What that means is that means that your allocation of the assets you're in are going to be different because there's different assets have different risk tolerances. So when we talk about the stock market, we're talking mainly about equity stocks and those tend to have a higher risk ratio or higher risk metric. And it doesn't really matter if you have a long time horizon because with higher risk come higher returns. So what ends up happening is you take the riskier asset, but you've got a 40, 50 year time horizon and that ends up working really well for you. But bonds or other types of assets, like people are talking about government issued interest bearing notes and different things like that these days. and They will typically offer a lower return over the long term, but they are safer because they're not as volatile. What that means is, is when you need to get the money, it's not going to have shrunk as much as the more volatile assets. And so as we talk about this concept, it becomes really important that we understand how to allocate our assets into different asset classes to have the right ratios of equities to bonds to whatever types of assets we've got in our portfolio, and that we diversify and rebalance our portfolios. And so those are a lot of words, and we're not going to go into those. But if you have questions on those, feel free to reach out. I'd love to break these down even further. And then within the stock market, we're going to wrap up with a few more. We're going to talk about the stock price and the earnings per share. Now, you've heard me talk on this podcast before. I don't recommend that you have an individual stock. I think you need to go and get in an ETF, which is an exchange-traded fund, meaning that it's a fund of multiple assets brought together that are being traded on the stock market, and you can get funds that are related to the S&P or different indexes that you've seen, and so that's another word, index fund. and by getting in that, you don't need to know what earnings per share or stock price is, but these are the two high level that are going to help you even within that index fund or ETF. So stock price is going to be the price that that one share of a stock of a company ETF or index fund is trading for on the stock exchange. So they will have millions of shares outstanding. But when you see the price of a stock, it's going to be reflecting the price of one share. So the price of one share by itself doesn't mean a whole lot, but it shows when the price goes up and down. You can see that very clearly in the day um, and as things go. But what you'll do is you'll take stock price times the outstanding shares, and then you'll get market capitalization. And so that's ultimately what the company is 
valued at, but those are big numbers, hard to really tell what's going on. Obviously, you can tell if it goes up or down, but the stock price is going to get you a little bit easier number to look at to understand the movement that's happening. And then I mentioned this earnings per share because earnings per share is often used to compare different companies within the same industry or different companies just across the whole market. Because someone may have a million shares, someone else may have 10 million shares. So if their stock price is the same, and their, or sorry, I should say, if their earnings are the same, then you take earnings divided by shares, and that's going to be a very different earnings per share. So earnings per share allows you to normalize the companies within an industry or across the market and see how they're doing compared to each other. Then you can also see how they're doing compared to outstanding shares over time and see how that earnings per share tells you how efficient they are. Now, there's a million more concepts that we could go into, but I know that this in and of itself is way overwhelming. So what I'm going to do over the next couple months, honestly, is I'm going to break these into different categories. I'm going to talk about investing. I'm going to talk about your personal finances. I'm going to talk about your net worth. I'm going to talk about credit cards. I'm going to talk about all these different concepts, and I'm going to dig a little bit deeper so that we can really sit and take time going through a number of these concepts. With this, I hope that as we break down frameworks along the way, that we can then tie in those frameworks to our financial lives. Thank you so much for listening today. As I mentioned earlier, if you're wanting or interested in business finance concepts that everyone needs to know, but especially business owners, click in the link in the show notes and we'll take you directly there and you can read those as well. Again, thank you so much for joining me. I hope that you have a great week and I hope that I'll hear from you next week. Until next week, remember, take action, find clarity, continue to move forward, make intentional decisions. Thank you so much. Talk to you next week.